It's Tuesday, August 17th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America! Steak for breakfast! So stand by! Today's episode is brought to you, as always, by ManRubs. ManRubs.com. Don't mistreat your meat. Mm. They have rubs, tools, blowtorches, t-shirts, mugs, and all-around barbecue-related gear. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off everything in their store and on their website. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear, StayReadyGear.com. On Instagram, StayReadyGearUSA. Use the code STEAK for 5% off everything that they have to offer holsters edc custom holsters on and off duty gear for you law enforcement personnel all that good shit some of the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear whether you're a podcaster you're making music just playing around at home can be found at odyssey.com we've got some of their uh, headphones in studio soon to get even more set up um they're on facebook and they're on Instagram. Check them out. They've got some really high quality. Um, you know, if you're getting into the pod game, you want to jump into that. Um, something you may or may not want to jump into as well is saving lives. Right. It's kind of funny how it fits in with the music I picked out for today. Uh, our friends down at MediocreMedic.com have some tactical gear that could accent all of those lives you may or may not save throughout the course of yours. Uh, they got flip-flops, sandals, sweatshirts. A lot of patches you could throw on your uh, med bag. I know we have a lot of first responders to listen to this show. They've got some good stuff. They've also got a pretty fire IG, so check them out. Mediochromatic.com. Firearms. I like them. They may, at one point or another, from some random direction, maybe if you live in Chicago, lead to a life-saving event. Right. Uh, Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has been serving Southern California for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating and is a licensed FFL. I think more importantly, he's got ammo. Yes. And a completely redesigned website. Mike oh, is a, go I ahead. like it. I like yeah. it. It's pretty nice and, and very easy to navigate. Plus, Mike's always available through Facebook Messenger and at 619-870-6992. Uh, tactical gear done the best. Mark Joe Friday, owner-operator, dumpbox.us, has some of the most awesome tactical gear you could ever imagine. If you are a fan of 80s and 90s movies or like to make fun of things like COVID-19 or might just be looking for the zero fucks duck. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're a domestic terrorist. Well, that too, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Mark's on Facebook. He's on Instagram and at dumpbox.us. Get that top tier tactical gear need met. Ladies and gentlemen, doing it again. Episode 55. My bad. Steak for breakfast podcast. I'm Roan, and now joined, as always, by two of my favorite patriots, Noah and Antoinette. How you guys doing? What's happening? Good. What's up? What's up? Well, I know what's up because we've been recording for the last 40 minutes without hitting the record button. <laughs> Listen, it happens. But at the end of the Thanks, day, I, Noah. I think we're fine. And I, I think what's even more fine is our guest returning to the Steak for Breakfast podcast for her second turnaround, the one and only Wonder Woman. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Now, do you mean back as in for a second time on the show? Back to the future? Or as in back as we're going to do our whole first segment over again? because we're <laughs> Both, both. <laughs> I like it. So it's just one of those things where maybe we needed a dry run. Oh, it was dry. I thought it was actually pretty juicy. Yeah, it wasn't bad. So I, <laughs> shall we jump right into the news? Again? Again. Let's do it. Okay. Um, people who are listening to the show, it's Tuesday. It's the 17th of August and might think that the hottest topic is Afghanistan. But we're going to kind of paint a picture for you on how we got here to this point. Um, I, I think the big narrative that we're trying to drive home is the absolute mismanagement of the current occupying administration. And a lot of that goes with their priorities. Um, though they may have absolute power right now throughout the federal government, they are sure doing their best job of lighting everything on fire at the same time and basically seeing how fast they could burn it to the ground, um, basically without consequence right now. So last week, Lester Holt on MS or, uh, NBC News led with um, a new advisory from the Department of Homeland Security that talked about some of the biggest threats to America. Now, where you may see the 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming up in less than a month as something that is uh, probably an item that requires heightened security throughout the world for America and its interests, right? Yeah. It's some of the other things that, that kind of raised a red flag for at least this podcast and, and probably Wonder Woman. Let's hear just exactly what that uh, segment was all about. Should by Homeland Security tonight, Pete Williams is here. Pete, what do we know about this? Well, DHS says this new terrorism advisory is not based on any actual threats or plots, but it says there's a rise in anti-government rhetoric. Some of it is opposition to COVID public health rules like mask and vaccine measures. Some calls for violent action are based on claims of election fraud or a belief that Donald Trump can be reinstated. And DHS says the coming 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks and religious holidays later this year could be catalysts for violence. The last terror advisory was issued in May. It expired today. This new one says domestic extremism remains a threat priority, Lester. All right, Pete, thank you. Three days after New York Governor... So there's that. How do you guys feel about that little uh, advisory coming from DHS? It sounds really familiar. Like, it could be me. And, and me we should start doing like we should start doing commercials just like play audio clips and then just be like i'm a domestic terrorist <laughs> i'm a domestic terrorist we're all domestic oh, terrorists yeah. yeah yay hi i'm troy mcclure you might remember me from such <laughs> domestic terrorism videos as exactly <laughs> i don't know it seemed pretty uh like i said where their priorities are um, Wokeness? Yeah, they've apparently won in the most safest and secure election in the history of the republic. Right. Control every branch mm. of the federal government. Yeah. Um, have been doing stuff carefree and unrelentless since January. And then still have to kind of icing on the cake it with stuff like this. So, Steve Bannon weighed in. And I think it's probably... Well, just another time in this broadcast to do a poll. Yep. Um, I'm going to say he is not Q. My response is no. Noah? Mm, no. Antoinette? Nope. Wonder Woman? Never. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Okay. You know, we want to be sure about these things because <laughs> they're, 
<laughs> be careful what you who you follow online because sometimes somebody might tell you that the direct opposite of that. Um, I thought it was pretty funny when we had Natalie on here two weeks ago, and by the time we got to her in the poll, she couldn't even. She was laughing so hard she snorted. <laughs> she said we were got, we were horrible. <laughs> so, but it's the truth. Um, you know, he he was on War Room with with Peter Navarro and uh, was kind of weighing in on on some of the stipulations that were regarding this uh, advisory from DHS. Let's hear it. And Peter Navarro can tell you that. And Stephen K. Bannon can tell you that. And my next mm. guest, Eric Prince, is going to tell you that because they sit there, they're either complete idiots or they stone-cold lie to your face. And the worst thing, it's a combination of both. This is why it's imperative to this nation, and they got to embrace this, the mainstream media. We must have Donald Trump back. Yes. Yep. As imperfect as he is, and he's the first to admit he's not perfect. Look at the world when he was there, and look at what we have today. Look at the facts. Don't take it from Bannon. Don't take it from the war room. Don't take it what they call right-wing media. Look at the facts before you, and here's the common sense of the American people. That consumer confidence, it's dropped, and they're shoving so much money at you, free money. They still understand there's something wrong here. That's the common sense of the American people. There's something wrong here. This can't continue. This is not sustainable. And that's pretty much the truth, the current state of the federal government right now um, is an absolute disaster. And it's for not because you're uh, an unfan of the political party that's occupying the White House right now. It's for the legitimate disasters he's kind of been responsible for creating. But you can for sure be an unfan. Right. Both here and abroad. Well, I mean, if you are an unfan, I'm a domestic terrorist. (laughs) So Wonder Woman. First time we did this, you had some pretty good insight onto something that Stephen K. Bannon, not Q, alluded to at a later part in one of those shows. Why don't you kind of uh, bring it back? So this is actually a quote from the Cyber Symposium. Okay. But Bannon said, they cannot stop you and they fear you. They will do anything to chop the leaders of this movement, whether it's Trump or Bolsonaro of Brazil. Mm -hmm. They will use any method they can, and the one thing they can't stop is righteous, relentless people that are determined that they're not going to back off. Your righteous indignation is is what's going to save this nation. And I think it was relevant, especially right now, because the Afghanistan scenario happens days after the symposium. It's creating confusion. It's creating a total distraction from everything that we've been working towards, and I just think it's important to remember um, where we stand and that the narrative is going to be designed to lead people astray and kind of point fingers at each other. So we just have to kind of stay, stay steady in what we're, what our goals are. Stay ready. Stay ready gear.com. Um, you know, <laughs> that's, that's an excellent point and it's definitely um, something that everyone needs to take into consideration. Just listening to the show. We get so much feedback on our social media not always about the podcast, but just people, you know, even though we have a community online and sometimes in person, uh, there are a lot of people who feel like, you know, they listen, they participate, they shit post, they kind of try to get the truth out there, but they feel alone. And, uh, you know, it's things like this that kind of want people to feel even more isolated because if you were on the fence, let's just say you're not all the way awake yet, or you don't necessarily buy into the whole narrative yet because your entire life you've been, you know, part of the NPC culture. And then you see like, Oh, 
Department of Homeland Security, like, well, that sounds pretty big. I know that, you know, uh, there's a lot of different stuff there. There's uh, Secret Service and the Border Patrol and ICE and all these different, you know, police entities. And now they're saying if if I don't want to wear masks or if I don't want to get vaccinated or if I don't feel like the election was the most free and fairest in the in history of the universe, then uh, I may be labeled a domestic terrorist. So what's that going to do to me? And uh, maybe my livelihood or my family. And you just have to kind of take it as that this is this is primarily a scare tactic. If we ever see anything like this enforced, we'll be extremely isolated. They will try to make it, you know, the optics look like it's widespread. But if you, if yeah, you, we know it's not. Yeah, if you think paddy wagons are coming to everybody's house like any time in the near future, just look at the current state of the world right now. Well, I think they're going to use it to get rid of people they they don't like. Right, people they already have their eyes on. Like, how the fuck are we going to get rid of this? Ah, we'll just make them a domestic terrorist. Yeah. But when when it comes yeah, to like, like I mentioned, be- I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, like I mentioned before, actually, my friend in Michigan said that um, two people he knows, the state police went knocking on their door because Gretchen Whitmer seems to be embracing this new DHS policy hmm. about terrorists. So I, I think they're just trying to scare people at this point. I mean, they weren't arrested or anything, but. I think what they're trying to do is just intimidate people. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's really sad, but. The, and it's the, so broad stroked. It's just like, if you, yeah. like all of these things that every, like a lot of people are feeling at least one of those things. So it's for just sure. like all encompassing, like if you're not on our team, you're fucked. Well, it's like 150 plus million. It's not 80 million. There's a lot more than what we are told that voted for Trump. So if you're going to classify half the country as domestic terrorists. I mean, it's gotta be, might be more than half now. Just think about all the buyers remorse, um, the moderate. Well, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. And the independents who have just absolutely regretted may, may, maybe, or maybe not making that decision. Who knows what the way, you know, the, the, this election audit season is going. It just seems like every time we, they, they seem like they want to justify that 81 million votes total. You find another absolute disaster in regards to, Something regarding the audits, but um, well, I think that's a pretty moderate way to look at it. And we had, we had a modest conversation about it. You know, Steve Bannon seemed a little fired up, not Q. Um, but also <clears throat> kind of <laughs> you know gave some insight. I think if you want to kind of take it to another level, um, there there is the opposite end of the spectrum, and uh, one of our our fun parts of the show when we bring AJ on to uh, kind of go straight. <laughs> full go rant um he weighed in this week so let's kind of hear what he had to say following this announcement that came out from dhs hey it's in this document they're going to declare us all terrorists it's in there and i get people wouldn't go look it up they thought i made it up now it's all over the news oh you're a terrorist screw you you're the globalist terrorist you're the nazi socialist commies authoritarians whatever you want to call it telling me an american that i'm not essential and that i and, a, and another lockdown's coming and i've got to put up with it and i've got to take an experimental shot or i can't fly on an airplane or i can't have a job fuck you <laughs> fuck you I got plenty of words for you, but at the end of the day, fuck you and your new world order and fuck the horse you rode in on and all your shit. You people are criminals. And just because you get the whole media to gaslight us and tell us that classical tyranny is a good thing, it's not. Everything you're doing is 101 evil, classically bad, classically evil, out of every dystopic novel, out of every dystopic country. 
And I just can't believe so many fellow Americans and all these academics that got three, four degrees are signed on to tyranny because you know you have a worthless degree and you've been promised some place in this new authoritarian takeover. Nobody's got a place in this. This is a satanic world government takeover trying to steal the birthright of humans. And I apologize for your family viewers. I'm cussing here, but we're not putting this out over the satellite or over radio or TV. We're posting it at Bandai Video. And at the end of the day, you know what? Be offended by me saying, fuck you, Bill Gates, and fuck you, Klaus Schwab. Good, I'm bad. But how bad are the people injecting children with deadly goddamn poison that's killing them? What are you going to do about that? I'm asking you right now. Lower IQs in our children. Massive bacterial pneumonia. Killing kids all over the country. And their answer is a new lockdown when it's the damn masks that are causing it and the poison so-called vaccine on record that's causing the shedding. It's you people that are to blame, and you're going to be held accountable. And we know you're getting ready to stage terror attacks and blame it on us. We've got your number. You could hear him hitting the table. <laughs> yeah. And, and then reorganizing his paper every time the he papers. messes them up by hitting it. Um, you know, AJ is what he is. I mean, a- anyone who yeah. kind of is, is in the movement kind of knows what he is. But you try to find lies into the context of some of his rants. And well, it's really I mean, hard half the so. shit that he's oh, come yeah. up with is been coming to fruition like he's yeah. not he, he's only been wrong on a couple things yeah no he's been right most of the time regardless of like what we know about him right the guy is very helpful like he he's a big red pill dispenser for the people that are you know kind of new to this world and whatnot he's useful definitely but we know what to look for yeah definitely jumping into the music he's like uh or into the mu- movement you know, he's more of a suggested reading than required course material. And I just, right. I just think that, uh, you know, he is a good starting point for a lot of people. But uh, you kind of have to listen through his rants and not to his rants. And at the same time, like we always encourage people to do is to do their own research and kind of follow right. the money. Yeah, there's so many people that, like, they'll hear something and rather than, like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, I have this amazing device at my fingertips that has a wealth of information. Hmm. Granted, you know, it might be levels of it available to you and stuff like that, but you're just automatically not going to believe something without even looking into it or automatically believe something without looking into it. Like, yeah, it's it's fucking wild. Pretty, pretty crazy. Um, Trump world weighed in on this as well. Uh, Ms. Liz Harrington, formerly of the Breitbart family. Seems like there's a lot of them out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, sat down on uh, over the weekend and kind of wanted to talk about what she thought and what Trump World's feel of this whole DHS announcement was all about. Let's check it out. This DHS report. Well, I guess we can finally arrest Hillary Clinton, who's still claiming the 2016 election was stolen from right. her. Got him. And it's all Russia, Russia, Russia. No, but honestly, this is very chilling and dangerous, and it shows you the true intentions of the Biden regime. They want to demonize their political opponents. It wasn't just enough that they had to try to set up President Trump and spy on his campaign and pretend 
He colluded with Russia in 2016 using the federal government and the intelligence agencies against their political opponents. Now they're coming for every single one of you. Now they're coming for the tens of millions of Americans who love and support President Trump and who have rightful concerns about this last election. They know that Joe Biden did not get 81 million votes. So they're going to use the government. What What in the So, I mean. I got the votes. Yeah, there, there's that. Um, I, I think it's pretty good analysis of it, like Noah's already alluded to, and I think both of the ladies that, you know, they're kind of just going to use this as more of an intimidation factor to kind of repress certain facets of the movement um, right now, right as we seem to be gaining steam, both off of the groundwork that we're all doing online, via the audits, America First candidates coming out, um, people walking away, buyer's remorse, in addition to the current occupying administration's handlings of everything from, let's just say, stuff down on the southwest border all the way to Afghanistan, which we're going to jump into next. Um, despite a solid transfer of custody, the current occupying administration has completely failed in its handling of the country as the Taliban has returned to Afghanistan and has claimed complete control of the country, other than a small province that borders, I believe, Pakistan, where the former vice president, some, and we'll get into this a little bit more, CIA-trained Afghani rebels and some equipment are kind of laying low right now and who have said they are going to be the only um, armed resistance that the Taliban is going to face because the entire military there basically retreated, turned into the Taliban and said, surprise, we were always here, or basically surrendered over like the last 72 hours there. This has turned into a, an absolute disaster for the administration. Well, hopefully they don't have to worry about like, oh, I don't know, advanced weaponry vehicles. Oh, shit. Hold on. Lots of Humvees, light yeah. armor vehicles, drones, anti-aircraft <laughs> guns, cache after cache after cache of real guns, not 1970s AKs. Hopefully they can't find the keys to the Humvees. They've already been driving them around. That's because Humvees don't have keys. I don't think they need keys for they, the Humvees. Yeah, that's a joke. There there was some good footage today of Sorry. Um, hun <laughs> hundreds of vehicles abandoned <laughs> on a bridge that you know the Taliban was basically throwing all the gear back into and backing up into Afghanistan again for all of the troops that um, kind of bailed. Uh, some of the cost of this, before we get into it, $88 billion in military training over the last 20 years. A lot of it has come in the last five. Um, nearly, if not over, $2 trillion in total for the nation-building event that's taken there since the start of the war. And I think most importantly, 2,312 U.S. servicemen killed in action, in addition to over 40,000 who have been permanently, um, you know, they've been wounded and they are kind of scarred for life. Yeah, so, those guys are getting hit by, you know, improvised explosive devices just strewn about the country, like, mm -hmm. just, yeah. yeah it's, it, Shit show. Out of all, all, all the money and, and, and resources that we have wasted there, it's the human capital, I think, that is the biggest mm -hmm. hit that we take in the Agreed, wallet yeah. Yeah, for our country. Because you just can't uh, imagine some of the people that have made the ultimate sacrifice. And the optics that it kind of gives to some of our uh, allies, you have France, Germany, Australia, Canada, uh, Spain, you know, just to name a few. Obviously, the British, who have had hundreds, if not thousands of people total, 
um, die in the region as well over the course of the, they call it a 20-year war. Um, a brief synopsis of just the region, and I don't know what it is about that place. Um, a portion of the Silk Road has been throughout the annals of history, occupied by everybody from the ancient Chinese empires, the Mongols and Genghis Khan, the Romans, the British Empire. Um, you know, you name it. Nobody's had a whole lot of luck. No, a world superpower has at one point or not occupied that area, but they have never been able to, number one, stay there, and number two, conquer and turn the area in toward any kind of, you know, Eastern or Western culture. We had a decent handle on it. For a minute. And, uh, you know, you made some points before, Noah, how there were some things like children, especially female children who were able to go to school, women who were allowed to participate in some context in society. Yeah, that's all off the table now. That's all back. And getting back to the point that I made, that that would have taken a forever occupation for it to legitimately probably, you know, hold a footing there. It gets it gets a little complicated, though, because I think I don't know if you guys have seen Wag the Dog. Yeah. But it's a movie all about how news is created. And we've seen the way the news has been orchestrated the last year. And I actually do believe with the coming anniversary of 9-11 that it was opportunistic almost for certain people to possibly plan this out. And. I think that we were almost conditioned already to be able to recognize how the news is cast or how it's created so that when we're watching all this, we can think with more discernment. And I just uh, got information that give it in 2018 or sorry, uh, the current leader of the Taliban's mm-hmm. name is Malah Baradar. Yep. He was captured in 2010 in Pakistan by a team of ISI and CIA officers. And then he was freed in 2018 at the request of Trump. And in February 2020, he reached a quote unquote peace deal with Trump on behalf of the Taliban. Now, there's a picture of Mike Pompeo with this current leader from yes. less than a year ago. So... Considering everything that's gone on with our country in the last year, I'm not speaking in absolutes, but I'm suggesting that there could be a possibility that there's things that are going on that we're not seeing or that we're being led to believe. Even the planes that were on the runway yesterday in Kabul, I mean, there are people laughing, running. It almost Cheering. felt like a movie set. Yeah, it certainly did. Yeah. And that's a really good point you you, you brought because, um, you know, you guys do remember that there was a summit planned uh, that Donald Trump yeah. wanted to initiate at Camp David, which was going to host that said individual in, a, in addition to four other senior commanders of the Taliban at the time where, you know, they had talked through communication cables of stipulations that were going to be let out. And it was basically going to be like, listen, we understand we can't stay forever. We would like to leave. Um, obviously, you guys are going to be in control in some context. Um, and then it was, you know, the kind of, the way it was set up was like, fuck around and find out. Yeah. You know, if you want to come right. back and, and participate in government and be recognized as an entity, like that's fine, but well, they're, you know. they're not going to deal with this current administration. If they're, I mean, like, hasn't there already been things that have been said that they're not going to deal with this? Uh, yeah. I believe one sleepy of the sleepy idiot. Saw, what was it? that <laughs> Joe Biden is not the president of the United States. He's, <laughs> he's a, he's a retarded widowed dog. <laughs> so yeah, something like that. Right? So that one cut, that one cuts deep. Um, one of our favorite verbal punching bags and probably a real one in, in 
real life, in addition to being a the gold standard of presidential debate monitors, Chris Wallace sat down with such a punchable face, Iron Mike Pompeo over the weekend. Um, who I think I said embodies a real life James Gandolfini or Tony Soprano mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in the way he conducted himself <laughs> as the Secretary of State and kind of decided that, you know, regardless of how bad the situation looked and, and whose fault it was, uh, he was going to pretend it was a presidential debate and just blame the Trump administration for everything. So let's see how that went. I mean, it seems like that's like just the general, you know. Class from West Point in 1986, and I'm sure you vividly remember that it was just a decade earlier in 1975 when the U.S. pulled out of Saigon and you saw uh, U.S. diplomats, uh, Vietnamese, people who had been sided with us clamoring on to helicopters on the embassy roof, which scarred our country and our military for years. What do you think the fall of Afghanistan is going to say to our allies and to our enemies? And what do you think it's going to mean for our image of ourselves? Uh, Chris, that's a very important question. I, I think weak American leadership always harms American security. So this is in the context of a Biden administration that has basically abandoned the global stage in favor of climate change. Right? They've been <laughs> focused on critical race theory while the embassy is at risk. That didn't happen during our four years. I, I do think there's a real risk here. I think our soldiers, sailors, our junior enlisted soldiers have done amazing work along the way. But I think the senior military leadership that had 20 years to build out these coalition forces, the Afghan National Security Forces, has to fundamentally rethink the training that they provided them, the weapons they provided them, how they were thinking strategically about handing this battle off to the Afghan people. And we had a president in Afghanistan who wasn't prepared to do the right thing for his own national security, for his own country. I think that political failure and that military failure is something that we're gonna have to take a long, hard look at to make sure that we are always securing American freedom. So, I mean, he kind of just punched back with, uh, yeah, that's a really interesting point you make up by, you know, assuming that all of those things are because of Donald Trump, however. And and one of the biggest blowbacks that we've seen on social media over the last, you know, week or so is the Joint Chiefs, especially General Milley, who, um, you know, for the last month or so has been really focused on finding out what the uh, deep-seated roots of white rage are and implementing, uh, yeah, CRT into the military while at the same time ensuring that during Pride Month, the Pride flag was flown over the U.S. Embassy in uh, Kabul, which probably went over well with the overall demographic of the people who actually live in that fucking country. How about new? Exactly. So, you you know, it's just like our priorities right now are so absolutely fucked up. Um, In addition to, like I've already mentioned, the $700 million USD in cash that was left unsecured there. And maybe alluding to what Wonder Woman was saying. Wait, how much money was left unsecured there? $700 million in cash. So somebody just, you know, like, I got my keys, got my wallet. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Seven, how much? And and the entire country's worth of an arsenal, which includes Humvees and other light armored vehicles, anti-aircraft guns. Drones. And some of the the images that are circulating, circulating around online over the last couple days is these almost star shots of the Taliban who are now occupying the embassy and the presidential palace. Uh, Some of the things that people have pointed out and which I also love to see come to fruition is images of the Taliban pre Afghan war and images of them. Now you have things that you wouldn't necessarily see like trigger discipline. Yeah. Sounds like they might've been trained by some of the, uh, 
awesome people who uh, like to set up false flag events all over the world. Ooh. Yeah, imagine that. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like the CIA has definitely had their hand in uh, nation building there um, over the last little while. But uh, we definitely need to get into context. Um, that audio that of Joe Biden from not too long ago when he uh, basically said, I believe it was like a month or so ago, when he said, you know, at no way, shape, or form is, is Afghanistan going to be abandoned. We're not going to have a Saigon moment there and, and yeah, helicopters leaving from the embassy roof. Now that, yeah, that's not going to happen. Oops. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things to where, uh, we, we've seen a lot of stuff over the weekend, just taking the, in the question, what is his hand in this? You know, you don't see him basically going to the military and saying, okay, this is absolutely fucked up. Destroy everything. This is absolutely fucked up. Go do some kind of an op and get that money. Um, destroy these weapon cat. You're not seeing any of that. Like we got the drones because, you know, the Taliban has them. So right. maybe send some of those drones to blow up all the shit that we left there. Yeah. And I mean, you could do like a targeted strike and, you know, knock a coffee cup out of somebody's hand. I'm pretty sure you can like, hey, burn down that building with $750 million in it. But I, I think one of the most um, interesting images that I saw over the weekend was that image of him at Camp David. Uh, the day that Kabul fell, and he's at kind of the huge conference table by himself. There's no advisors. There's nobody there. And that image has been altered apparently off. too. Yeah. W- well, yeah. <laughs> it seems that the clocks are all off, which um, means that that photo was taken months yeah, prior. March. Or well, here's the thing: not only are the clocks off, but the clocks aren't accurate to was as what the time would be when that image was probably taken the last time he was at Camp David in March. So because of the daylight savings, there are some countries that are like, they've gone from three to two hours, but then two to an hour and a half. Yeah. And they just fucked up all the clocks across the board. So the thing is, is that, you know, who's really in control here? And is, are they the Taliban right now or are they the Tally bros? And how, like that, that photo doesn't like make you feel confident it just looks like a an old man in like the waiting area at a rest home just like waiting for his fucking jello well speaking of old men in waiting's home he was brought back from camp david yesterday only to give a speech a statement on what's going on there the dark-eyed clone it was the dark-eyed clone it wasn't bluey it was debate clone joe biden with the black eyes let's hear Mm. kind of how he embarrassed he's got a lot more pep when he comes out of like the vehicles to that one In office, I inherited a deal that President Trump negotiated with the Taliban. The what? Under his agreement, U.S. forces will be out of Afghanistan by May 1, 2021, just a little over three months after I took office. U.S. forces had already drawn down during the Trump administration from roughly 15,500 American forces to 2,500 troops in country. And the Taliban was at its strongest militarily since 2001. The choice I had to make as your president was either to follow through on that agreement or, chocolate chip or be prepared to go back to fighting the Taliban in the middle of the spring fighting season. Chucky, chucky chip. There would have been no ceasefire after May 1. There was no agreement protecting our forces after May 1. There was no status quo of stability without American casualties after May 1. 
There was only a cold reality of either following through on the agreement to withdraw our forces or escalating the conflict and sending thousands more American troops back into combat in Afghanistan, lurching into the third decade of conflict. I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. We were clear-eyed about the risks. We planned for every contingency, but this I one. always promised the American people that I would be straight with you. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. You think? So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed sometime without trying to fight. Didn't he say they were really good? If anything, good? the developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves. So if, if that's what they knew, then why wouldn't they kind of try to phase it out a little bit more coordinated if there wasn't something else going on behind the scenes with the Talibros? Agreed. Talibros. I just think that, uh, you know, it's pretty strange the way this is all playing out. Um, wasn't he saying the Afghan military was like, totally equipped and squared away and good to go and they'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, Not too long ago. What? July 8th. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was going to play parts of the first one, but the second one was so annoying. I just figured yeah. I wouldn't double it up. I mean, we all kind of knew that he said there wasn't going to be a Saigon moment regarding Afghanistan. And that's just what we have. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things where uh, you just kind of have to take it for what it is and, and know that there's some other stuff going on. Um, and I think we should say that there's no situation where we should be relishing the failures of our government, regardless of who's in charge. Mm -hmm. Like, we should be striving to do better, and we should be hoping that our whatever administration's in power is going to do what's best for everybody involved. So there's a lot of negativity going around where like people are just like relishing in the fact that Biden is a total ass clown, but we should be really concerned for all the people like it's a humanitarian crisis at this point. Like all these people are getting killed. Anybody that assisted our military previously, attaches, interpreters, people that worked with our special operations community like they're getting killed in front of their houses. Yep. And if they're not getting killed in front of their houses, there's literally people going door to doors and being like, hey, just so you know, we know where you live and we're going to be back later when, when this shit's good to go. Well, you know, it's not good to go. Um, the shit that Jake Tapper wasn't taking from Tony Blinken over the weekend. Mm. Uh, he kind of got into him with on Sunday on his show and uh, didn't necessarily go over well. So let's kind of listen to some of that. To get them out if that's what they want. Why now? Why are you just doing that now? On this show, we've been talking for months about the need to evacuate these thousands of Afghan translators and others who helped U.S. service members during the war. President Biden just named an ambassador 
just a few days ago to run an interagency task force on this. Thousands of these folks are now trapped in their homes. They cannot even try to get to Kabul. It's not safe. I know two lieutenants, uh, veterans, who are like setting up a GoFundMe to save their translators from cop Keating. Why did President Biden wait so long to set up the interagency task force? In fact, that task force has been going for, uh, for many, many weeks now. Uh, and Pastor Jacobson, who is leading, has actually been in place uh, for many, many weeks. Uh, and we have been working this uh, from uh, from day one. Uh, we had to put in place an entire system to uh, uh, to deal with this. Unfortunately, none of that work was done uh, when we uh, when we came in, uh, and we had to put that in place. As you know, the refugee uh, admissions process and support system uh, was decimated in recent years. We've been working to rebuild that, uh, and it's been, it's taken time to get all of that uh, in place. But we have a whole of government effort going on right now to do everything we possibly can to get people out of harm's way if that's what they want to do. People I know who are active in this, veterans, say that they only heard from the State Department within the last few days asking for their lists of people. The, the embassy has had lists of people for, uh, for a long time. We are doubling down, making sure that uh, we know uh, the best of our ability, everyone who may be at, uh, at, at high risk, uh, and uh, trying to uh, find ways to account for them. So... And you know, that, let me guess, they forgot to bring those fucking lists along with them too. Well, that that video wound up panning over to Jake Tapper's face about halfway <laughs> through, and he's just like looking at the camera, like I can't believe this. He's, you know, in his brain, he's probably like, okay, when Trump was here, and he would send somebody over, whether it be you know Pompeo or whoever was going to go and talk about the you know administration at that point. Um, I may have not liked what he had to say, but at least it was sounded like an intelligible, intelligent human response coming, uh, onto the program. And then you get this asshole who says more, uh, and ums than I do, but then says nothing, you know, imagine ending a 20 year campaign in the way it's kind of unfolded over the last 72 hours. And then saying that, yeah, we've been planning this for weeks, for weeks. Yeah. These guys have been, in, these guys have been in, <laughs> we've position. got lists. Look, and, look. I got a list right here. I've listened to so many uh, veteran-owned and operated podcasts over the last week or so um, who have said the government has barely reached out to them or hasn't reached out to them yet to deal with the in excess of 40,000 Afghanis who worked with the U.S. government that need to get out of that country. And it's not just them personally. And some of these people are still in contact with them. They're getting messages yeah. and fucking calls that are just the, like, hey, shit's fucked. Like, and, and this is their entire family, too. Yeah. In addition right. to the... I've, the numbers have been bounced around. I've heard the low ball is five, and the high ball is 11,000 U.S. citizens who are still in country, not at the airport in Kabul, and have been told to shelter in place. Yeah, their last priority. Hide. Yeah. This America last... Uh, Just imagine being someone who who lives in Afghanistan and you know you're not leaving, but you know where Americans are and you're just going to not tell anybody because that's going to that's going to improve your life so much when they're gone. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty scary um, to think. Go ahead. It's just it's just so confusing because there are mixed reports today. Um, The Taliban said that security and peace is a top priority. We don't want any internal or external enemies. Everyone is forgiven and we will seek no refuge. They also said that they're trying to control people who are trying to create chaos or loot. They've started their quote unquote operation 
And the Taliban spokesman claimed that the forces of the Islamic Emirati will not be harming anybody. They also uh, actually said that the whole marrying girls off was baseless and that all of the destructive things they're doing to women right now are baseless. So obviously we're not over there, so we don't know for sure, but it's just right. interesting hearing the mixed reports on that. Are the people that are hanging from bridges and tied to posts? Yeah, we don't know who those people, we don't know who those people are though. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they could, they could be the extremists that they're, you know, that are not a part of them that they don't, you know, if, if it's true what they're saying that they're, you know, there, there have been two jails completely emptied, which let out about 5,500 former Taliban. Rapists, ISIS, murderers. Right, in addition. Um, probably more accessible than our own government right now. At least the cartels, when they hang people from a bridge, they put in a note. That's sure. like why they were. <laughs> and alluding to what Wonder Woman just said, the new spokesman for the Tally Rose Ooh. <laughs> jumped on today uh, via live feed. And in English, so I was able to find one of them. Let's hear kind of a in-country perspective of what's going on from their point of view. Is it right Jen Saki with a beard? No, it's not. <laughs> um, President Biden said last night, uh, if the Taliban attack or personnel or disrupt the operation, that there'll be a swift response from America. Um, how long Probably are you not. giving him to get uh, his troops and his people out of the country? I think we, they should uh, get their troops out of Afghanistan. Uh, they have already uh, violated the uh, time frame uh, that, which was enshrined in the Doha Agreement. Then they announced that they will withdraw all their forces until September 11. So they should withdraw all their forces. But uh, we, we are committed not to attack them. And we have not attacked them. But at some point, you will want the airport back, I would assume. When are you saying that you will take over the airport? Is that September? No, about the security of the airport, because there is no other force. So, you know, um, the, the, the other day, uh, people killed because of lynching. So uh, in order to prevent such incidents, it is necessary that we take the charge, uh, security charge of the airport. So that is for the security of the people and also for um, to organize this in a better manner. So, such so it's going to be kind of interesting to see how this plays out. Now, remember, I know Noah didn't seem too pleased with that audio clip, but they probably are operating in 3G or less, <laughs> to <laughs> say true. the least. Um, but but it's it's interesting just to kind of get a perspective from them. They said, you know, they understand that there's going to be evacuations. They're not harming people. They don't care about necessarily gaining control of the airport now. He alluded to eventually wanting to control it because it's the major hub in and out of the country, and obviously it's theirs now. Um, but they're also uninclined to attack U.S. forces there right now who are working while they try to get out in the most, well, he called it orderly way possible, but... So, wait, I can't remember. Did I talk about Wag the Dog in the original recording or this one? Why don't you just this say one. It, this <laughs> one? It was this one? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely definitely some interesting optics and to what right. Wonder Woman was alluding to, definitely a lot more going on than what we see via the mainstream media right now. 
So I think so. Yeah, just remember that there was that one plane where everybody kind of freaked 9/11. out. Nine eleven? No. Well, was there really planes on nine eleven? No, I'm talking about the plane that was um uh, that had 9-11 on it. Yeah, basically. I know. The 9-11 backwards. 11-09. Right. But it, no, yeah, the one where people fell off of, and, and it seemed like this yeah. had turned into such an out-of-control disaster that that's all they wanted to show on TV for days, right. you know, the last two days. And it's like, okay, there, there's an actual country that the mainstream media is telling us is completely destabilizing, but when these people appear on television and stuff like that, and just based off of the <laughs> stuff that we can see with our own eyes when the cameras are filming in location, um, it doesn't necessarily look that way. So what's going on? Who knows? Right. Let's show the one or two people falling off the plane at the airport again and make everybody feel sad. And then it gives you 9-11 vibes and stuff like that. You know, the people jumping out of the buildings and, and, and things of that nature. I may or may not have made it into a meme as well. So... I but. just feel like there's a lot of playing into emotion right now. Yes. And that's what the yeah. left right loves now? to do. Especially right now, if you pay attention to kind of how people are responding right now. I don't know if you guys know Malala. You know, Malala is already making comments on what's going on. There's a ton of stuff about women that's out there trying to rile people up. And it's just so hard because none of us are there. So you don't really know what's going on. Right. And I just think there's always an agenda behind them pushing the emotionally triggering content. So I don't know if I don't know whether they're playing up the anniversary coming up or what it is, but it just feels so orchestrated. And obviously nobody who's innocent should be should be dying. But I just wonder how much of this is Kabuki theater and what else of it is actually the reality that's going on there? Yeah. I think very little is being showed of the reality, to be fair. I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Considering everything that we've seen, too, because it's like you said, it's confusing. Well, I mean, they're I mean, showing one thing and then they're saying another. There's so much stuff that we could do that's not being done that would seem, okay, if it's as awful as it sounds, wouldn't you immediately like, let's cut off the electricity? Let's have Zuckerberg turn off WhatsApp. Because that's the number one form of communication between all those guys over there. Um, you know, let's at least start. Okay, there may be some human casualties or civilian casualties, but let's start blowing up all of that stuff we're apparently leaving. Um, right. We're not seeing any of that. Zero of it. Not even a little. You know, there wasn't a coordinated drone strike to hit some. I can't um, imagine why you would not want to just like blast an, a parking lot full of military equipment. Like, oh, like, uh, right. un unless there was something else going on. Yeah. Like, you know, and it just seems like our, our good friends over at China and Iran have already moved in, in addition to several other governments, including the UK, who said that they are going to officially recognize the Taliban as the seated government of Afghanistan moving forward. And until they give them a reason not to work with them, they're going to be open to working with them. Hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of where hmm, we're at today. Um, there were a couple of statements from Donald Trump regarding this. None really readable because they were of a serious nature. Everything calling from you know, Joe Biden to resign over this to how could you not think about evacuating the people who worked with us previously in addition to all of the Americans that are there before doing something as stupid as this. So that's kind of where he, uh, you know, weighed into it right now. Um, and it's kind of where we have to leave it. It's, it, it's pretty much an open book and extremely fluid and it, it's changing almost, you know, by the minute. So we'll probably have some more insight onto just where we stand uh, probably at the very least the situation at the Kabul airport by the time we do our Friday show, because I know flights out of there have resumed segueing now to stop the steal. 
it, it, you could only imagine maybe there wasn't a whole bunch of stuff going on this week, but uh, there still was. And, and I think following the end of the cyber symposium last week, a big portion of the uh, news coming out regarded of it was probably to repress anything that may or may not have come out of there. It was announced yesterday, though, that a final report from the Maricopa, Maricopa County, Arizona, is uh, expected to be released in the very near future, and they put the report next week, by next week. So confirming companies are preparing the draft, um, the report to present to the Senate team. The Senate team will then review for accuracy and clarity for the final report, which will be released publicly. And that was from um, Arizona president of the Senate, Karen Fan. After there were a lot of people going around saying that there was no um, substance of the claims that that report was getting ready to get distributed to the public. What do you guys think about that? Well, it looks like we're finally going to get to the end of uh, that portion of the audit in Arizona. Something. Give me something. I think we're going to have a a really, um, I think people are going to lose their minds when this report comes out, to be honest. So I think one thing to note, if you guys watched the symposium, mm-hmm. is that the oh, state numbers that came back, it wasn't, I think this is important to note for anybody who's listening, this wasn't just, oh, states that should have been Trump. I believe, according to what I remember, that California was won by Biden, but that the numbers were wrong. Right. So there were states that were Democrat winning, but that the numbers were wrong too. So even though it was overwhelmingly Trump, the point of the audit and Karen Fon made sure to say this is that it really was about election integrity. This isn't a just about Trump thing. And the whole country should care because if it happened to the left, you know, if, (laughs) if it was stolen from them, then they would want to know. And I just think a lot of people automatically assume that it's all about Trump. Mm -hmm. No, they're cheating in every state. And I think that like, that's a very important thing with this, uh, these audits being done is just to show people on both sides that they've been doing this for years and it doesn't, it's not for Trump. Like you said, it's, they're doing this across the board. And the reason why they did it too, is so it didn't look so close and, you know, to make it so obvious. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, I definitely think that's a that's an interesting point. I, I, I definitely think that there's going to be some major developments coming following the release of this report. Moving on to Georgia, we see that the uh, Fulton County elections chief, Ralph Jones, the man who is best known for operating the uh, late night ballot dump in Atlanta, has resigned. Dump. Yeah, dump is right. Mm-hmm. He was one of the county officials on site at the State Farm Arena on election night as the counting of ballots continued past midnight, even though they were said to be done counting um, no later than 10 p.m. So it's pretty interesting to see uh, him boomeranging back into the news. But I think he was also uh, added to the lawsuit with uh, Ruby Freeman and uh, Miss Moss. And they're going to be into that. Uh, he's been added to that. So the day after he was added, he stepped down because he's going to have to answer for himself before a judge on what exactly was going on. Mm. Uh, yeah, on the early morning hours of November 4th. So what do you guys think about that? It's kind of starting to pick up a little bit of steam and it's probably going to open up the door to uh, that, ladies. No, you know what I think is funny? I think the pick, like after uh, they announced his like uh, uh, resignation, arrest, did they arrest him? No, they, they ordered him to, he resigned. They ordered him. Yeah, after he, he resigned, right? Okay, yeah. After he was So subpoenaed. they haven't arrested him yet. But I love the picture that they use of him in the, in the press with a bunch of ballots in his hand. 
Yeah, and looking at someone who's ever taken a picture of him, he he is to yeah. he is he's going to be appearing before a Fulton County judge on the twentieth right, of okay. September with uh, Ruby Freeman. My birthday, woohoo! Oh, nice, and and Wandrea Moss. Funny. I think in general the resignations that have happened lately are interesting. Even with Cuomo, oh, I yeah. personally. I don't believe that he res- resigned because of sexual assault. I think no. he resigned because yeah. of the nursing homes and probably even other things that we have no idea about. So For sure. um, uh, they said Patriot Insider said to track resignations. So that's what yeah. I've been paying attention to just in general. The chips are all falling. Yeah, well, well, I'll tell you what, Anthony Sabatini and Joe Kent have both alluded to on this show that if they – do happen to gain congressional seats, they will be, and the majority, they will be opening congressional investigations into Andrew Cuomo and the the nursing home stuff. And that's something that he's trying to get away from now, but still may be able to be held accountable for. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, how would he not if it's, there's like, it's bad. (laughs) You know, the guy is implicated in the murder of thousands of people a lot worse than this uh, these sexual harassment um claims that's for sure um something else to kind of remember is that over time there's been tons of sexual allegations made against various people who are either celebrities or in the government and i feel like it's the quickest way for them to sink ships even if it's not true oh yeah i mean yeah. remember brett kavanaugh mm-hmm. um it, it almost didn't matter what happened after because and bill cosby because <laughs> once once the opinion is out there right. there's no going back so uh, the fact that the entire party turned around on cuomo it just leads you to believe okay like, what's the real agenda here um right. going forward there's nope. a lot there's a lot there's a bigger reason to why like behind the scenes to why they're doing this yeah there's always something else going on yeah. um attorney Cleta mitchell joined Steve Bannon, not Q, on the war room this week to talk about how uh, one of the cases in Georgia is going around. It's one that we've featured on this show for months now, the Judge Amaro case and the absentee ballots, um, and talked about some of the uh, things that Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger has done to kind of hold that up. Um, it's pretty interesting to hear, you know, just how crappy this is because he supposedly... Uh, Republican, but he's had to backtrack and, and do so many things to kind of save his own ass. I think at this point it's unsavable. But let's hear, uh, you know, kind of what she had to say regarding that. Real quickly, why why is this on September 25th versus August 25th, and why is it even delayed? Was this was this our fault or the the the, the Patriots, whoever filed this, was there something messed up with the original filing? Is that why we're having another delay? Because the judge's been very even-handed in this. He's been very even-handed, and I think that there, the pleading rules for uh, in Georgia are very contradictory. And so, one of the tra- techniques of the of the left and the Democrats has been to um, always argue, "Well, you didn't file this correctly." I think the judge wants to make sure that when this is all done, that he has given everybody their day in court, that he's made sure that any errors or problems and any pleadings are corrected, and and then we're going to go forward. That's that's the way I read it, is to say, all right, everybody's going to have time. Let me just give you one quick example. The, the Secretary of State of Georgia, who's not a party to this case, came in via the Attorney General of Georgia and argued that the plaintiffs were not entitled to see the actual ballots. Mm. And 
of course, they argued, we have to see the ballots, we have to look at the paper, we have to have forensic investigators look at the ink, we have to see whether they're folded. You can't get that from the images. But the Secretary of State came in and argued against giving access to the ballots and the ballot envelopes. And the judge allowed them to make the argument, and then he ruled against them. So I think that's <laughs> what this judge is doing. He's trying that's to get everybody nice. their day in court. But at the end, I think he's going to let the ballots be examined, he's going to let the envelopes be examined, and we're going to get to the truth of what happened in Fulton County, Georgia. So that's that's kind of where that one was at. I, I definitely think that's good. And like like she alluded to, um, Judge Amaro wants the forensic audit of the absentee ballot, but he also wants to make sure it's legitimate, that everybody's got their ducks in a row, that the right requests and the reason why are being produced, right. and it's not just because we feel like the election was rigged and stolen, um, which we will get to in a minute. I bet you a, a majority of us probably didn't know that there was a little bit of that going around this week. Um, but the thing is, this attorney talks about the shit that she has to go up to. You know, she, they file the right way. They ask for the correct motions. They produce what limited evidence they have uh, to get subpoenas and stuff like that. And then you have the actual secretary of state come in and say, like, oh, no, this is wrong. They're wrong. They're filing wrong. They don't have the rights to see this. And then the judge has to go back and look at, like, the legal basis of all the claims that he made before, before thank Godly, like she said, he dismissed it. But at the same time, shouldn't be a hurdle that they have to run into from the Republican Secretary of State from a state that has been widely contested since November 3rd. So, I don't know. It's kind of annoying. Right. Yeah. But, uh, it makes you wonder, like, why is he doing it? Mm. Well, we know why he's doing it. He's covering his own ass. Um, he's already had Happy. to trim the voter rolls Happy. and then, yeah, take back his comments about it being the safest election in the history of Georgia in addition to a whole bunch of other crap. I, mean, I hope he winds up in prison. He seems like he's one of the worst ones at the highest level of uh, interference there. In I regards. think so, too. I just don't get how people can see that just obvious. Like, it's pretty transparent that Georgia's bad. Yeah. And how, how are you just going to ignore that and, like, just continually with the the media mantra, the baseless claims, no evidence? Fuck. Mind-blowing, to be honest. Assholes. Yeah, by the time you listen to the show tonight on Tuesday, they would have already have held um, a forensic audit rally in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, hosted by two of our favorites, Doug Mastriano, who's a state representative there, and probably the new CEO of the base department, Wendy Rogers. Um, Maynard was there as well. And that event's being held in real time right now in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. So as they move forward with their uh, preparing to issue subpoenas in Pennsylvania um, and get those into the hands of the people that Doug Mastriano says he will not be messing around with, they won't have to reissue subpoenas in Pennsylvania. They are going to go after the people if they don't agree to work with the, um, the legal request for a forensic audit and all the things regarding the information that they want, which include like the routers and the ballots and chain of custody command or uh, chain of custody forms and things like that. Um, and that's all on the heel of the cyber symposium. Um, Wonder Woman, what do you feel coming off the cyber symposium? The goals that were or were not achieved may have been before we get into some, uh, audio from Mike Lindell. So this is going to sound surprising maybe to some people listening, but 
Aside from presenting proof, I do believe that it was a honeypot. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that frankspeech.com was originally really used to get the IP addresses of hackers. And I think that um, Getter, the other social media app, was also used for this. So I think that there was dual purpose. I think that we were supposed to be red pilling globally. We have to remember that we are very privileged that we have access to the information that we have Mm -hmm. and not every country. Like if you're in China, um, you might not know every single thing that's going on. So I think it was really a global unification project. And that's why they had Bolsonaro come in. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Because I didn't know anything about that. So I think that it was dual purpose, but I'm glad that <laughs> they probably got the hackers information. Uh, even when there was like a server that went down, I'm like, okay, who knows what's actually going on here? And I feel like they had everything on lock. So, yeah, it was pretty interesting to see uh, Mike Lindell kind of do the circuit of friends. He did Bannon, not Q in the morning, right side broadcasting in the afternoon. I think he did a stop on Newsmax before ending on some of the other online conservative apps, kind of talking about a lot of the stuff that was going on at the cyber symposium, in addition to, you know, the issues with the hackers, the servers getting taken down, him not having presented all of the evidence, which he said are going into his case right now, which is getting prepared to file at the Supreme court. Um, He also said that there were some people who infiltrated that whole event and, and kind of came to him in, 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 a way where they wanted to supposedly spread the truth. But at the same time, not only did they try to give out as much disinformation and discredit the event as they could, they at the same time launched hit pieces from national newspapers, discrediting all the stuff that was supposedly going on there simultaneously. So let's hear what Mike had to say yesterday when he appeared online um, to kind of talk about a little bit what went on at the symposium. Um, Lindell was surrounded by fraudsters, right? I mean, and I say fraudsters, an op that included the media. Uh, he was given false information. I mean, he was basically set up for failure. He's playing they, audio they tapes. specifically set up a, a failure. Um, yep. through, through, um, and I was getting tipped off. You remember when I asked you, I said, uh, dude, is uh, Dennis Montgomery good? You said, you said he's golden, right? And, uh, because I was hearing, because I told you, I was hearing that Dennis Montgomery's, a, you know, a, there was a former FBI agent that said, this guy, I've, I've got, you know, direct knowledge that the guy's a liar. All right, that's clip three, Mike. Yeah, now see, if you hear, if you listen to that, remember, that's the, that's the interviewer that's getting, he doesn't know, Josh doesn't know that this guy's recording him. And, um, um, the pizza, uh, Pete Santilla, but by, by everyone's asking that it's Pete Santilla. Pete Santilla, uh, he's a friend of mine, and uh, <laughs> he's also a, uh, he's got his own show. I just want maybe we can tell everyone what this interview is. Um, so you have you have Peter Santilla, and then on there he's talking to Josh Merritt. Remember, Josh, the one that compromised everything. That not everything. There's other guys, actors too, and then there's. Uh, there's going to be, you're going to hear a Deb on there. She also works for Peter. And then you're going to hear Josh's, you might hear Josh's wife speak up. We actually had to cut almost everything she said because I have never heard a fouler mouth in her life. <laughs> she said the F word so many times back to back. She absolutely hates me for some reason. She said she hates me, you know, 
I mean, it was, it was, we, that was what took so long to cut this out. So many of these <laughs> things on there, even, the, even Josh uses language that's just disgusting, but his wife is off the charts. So this is where we're at. And um, um, so when you hear the clip, when you hear the clips like that, when you heard right there, you just heard Josh say that Dennis Montgomery's data was, went, was, was good. That's what um, he had told Peter in the fast. Now, Josh has looked into thing. Apparently, his name is Spider in the cyber world. Oh, wow. And so he, apparently he had checked it. Can you play that one one more time? Let's hear that one more time. You want to hear clip three again? Yes, yes. So, I mean, that's kind of what he alluded to, that there was so much stuff going on. But apparently he was aware of it and had people working, mm -hmm. whether it was between the legitimate components of his red team or his white hat hackers or probably some of the retired, uh, you know, they're not just Blackwater um, guards. They're probably people who have had extensive careers working for the federal government in different parts yeah. of the world in regards to intelligence gathering and destabilizing of nations. Um, seemed that the people who were trying to run a counterintelligence and disinformation campaign against Mike Lindell had their own counterintelligence and disinformation campaign ran against themselves. And yeah, he had the receipts. <clears throat> so it, it's good to kind of see because a lot of people felt kind of flat. We talked about it. Um, we're, we're in the kind of, we're in the neighborhood of uh, almost 67% of the people thought it was a great event. There was a lot of good information that went out. He had, did have some good speakers and, and looks like if he's going to file something at the Supreme court level at the very minimum, they may have standing, which remember not one case ever filed in regards to the 2020 presidential election ever had standing period zero. Right. So for every single right. liberal pundit and Democrat talking point maker wants to come out and say that Donald Trump has lost anywhere between one and 20,000 court cases in regards to the presidential election that just happened. Zero cases have ever had standing in court. Zero. So they've never even been tried. And we've talked about what the reason is. This is because there isn't a judge in the country who wants to disenfranchise voters, especially when the claims go from anywhere to the thousands to the hundred thousands to the millions of, of people that may be affected by an election in a state getting decertified. So just try to understand that. That's the big picture of it. And that's why. Wonder Woman, what do you think of that? Uh, Mike Lindell audio. Well, I think that some of this again is for red pilling people who don't know anything. Yes. Uh, people who might be new to the show and are just kind of getting their feet wet with all this. Um, trying to think how else to, to word it. I mean, even the Colorado situation where Absolutely. Uh, she came in and talked about her office being raided. I mean, my first instinct was that I don't want to say it was staged, but I almost feel like it was a setup because if you're watching and you know nothing that we've been studying and all of a sudden you're hearing about how some Colorado officials office is being raided over the election. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, that's something you're not going to yeah. forget. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a huge deal. And it, it adds a lot of context to, uh, you, you know, just exactly what's going on in regards to all this. There's so many different working pieces. There's so many States. There's so many different kinds of fraud. You got to remember Wonder Woman alluded to, a little bit ago, the the results in California. Um, when we saw Mike Lindell in person last month, he kind of gave the other side of that 
Oreo cookie with the actual numbers being the filling in the middle. And that's that what he provided at the cyber symposium that shows the, the difference of votes in California is one thing, but that doesn't include the organic fraud. That's the dead people, the multiple votes, the switched votes. Um, you put right. those two numbers together and it looks like California might've gone Trump, which there's a lot of evidence here that it did. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. And so do I. Um, and that's just based on what I've seen with your own eyes. Yeah. Like, it's not people telling it's not me things. hoping it's me like, okay, yeah, this seems like this is turning around. And, and the, the, cur- the current polls in, in the California recall election, which we're going to get into in just a little bit, um, kind of g- even add even more fuel to that fire. It's that those, those poll numbers aren't looking so great for Gavin Newsom right now. And it's definitely one of those things that show that Donald Trump probably had a, a lot stronger footing than, you know, the mainstream media who called the, the state, two hours before the polls closed here um, might have had on election night. Uh, General Flynn weighed in on kind of uh, some of the stuff that went on both around the cyber symposium and just right now kind of catching our footing in regards to all this election stuff and the actors who are working behind the scenes kind of make it difficult. I think it's always good to hear from the general. He kind of has some, some great insights. So let's hear what he had to say regarding that. When there is something that goes wrong for the wrong reasons, by the wrong people, uh, and, and, you know, that what eventually happens, Jamie, is the truth comes out. Mm-hmm. And I would just say that everything, everything that we are seeing in the media these days, and probably since, you know, the probably the middle of December on, but certainly into January, and then now, all these different big big ticket media uh, 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 debates that are going on on TV these days. Everything is a distraction to not stay focused on what happened the evening, actually the morning of the 4th of November, 2020, mm-hmm. almost through the 7th of November for the, la- for the three days following the election. You know, the mail-in ballots, as you talked about. Everything else is, is a distraction. And in some cases, I believe that what we're going to learn is that much of these, much of this stuff was was a setup, or certainly get this out there because we need that kind of noise, we need that sort of deflection to keep away from uh, allowing people to discuss what happened on the third of November. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, what happened on the third of November, the 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 truth will come out mm-hmm. that you cannot hide it. More and more stuff, more and more information comes out every day. Uh, we're learning, we, uh, you know, we're learning things that it, that's that's empowering the argument. Even though we were, and I will, I will, I will give the uh, the left credit for uh, being for us being sort of outmaneuvered. The American people were outmaneuvered, mm-hmm. and the, and the clock ran out, constitutional mm-hmm. clock. But it doesn't mean that the uh, constitutionality. Uh, was, was, uh, was, wasn't violated. It was violated. It was violated by, by, uh, a number of states and a number of, of things that are all still, still in play. I mean, we, yeah, most notably there is Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, where they're, you know, states pass certain laws and regarding the election. And then people outside of the vote of the state legislation went on to, uh, you know, make amendments to those laws, which allowed for the free for all that was, the election vote collection um, last November. 
Uh, Wonder Woman, what do you think about here in the general and, and what he kind of had to say? It, it's pretty funny. I listened to that clip, I think, a day or so ago, but I didn't remember. It's kind of weird how that narrative is kind of unfolded based off of all of our commentary throughout the course of this entire show. I mean, he, he's kind of basically saying, like, all this stuff is going on right now as a distraction. All of this stuff right now is going on to kind of take everybody's focus away from uh, the audit and then kind of said, you know, there's a lot of disinformation even coming from some of the good actors, basically, because they're being infiltrated by people who are bad and trying to discredit them. So I think similarly to the comment you made when Trump first had several advisors that he had to get rid of. Yeah, um, there definitely is bad count commentary coming from good actors. But ultimately, it's kind of like what Wendy Rogers was saying. Keep your eyes on the audit. Yep. Um, I do think there's a difference, though, between everything's a distraction and you know, you can, you can look at two things at once. Sure. Um, there are yeah. going to be different stories happening. Um, I think it's just having a level of discernment as to what you should be placing your energy on me personally. I've had a concern about the confusion surrounding Afghanistan because there's a lot of people that have been red pilled on a ton of things, yep. but might not be about wag the dog related things or the middle East. I mean, me personally, I'm not an expert in it, but Reb has helped me a lot of ways understand what's going on in the Middle East. Yeah. And I am learning as well. So um, I think if you can connect them all together and see the bigger picture, then you don't have to necessarily uh, ignore any of it. But the audits ultimately are why I think this is going on, because our our presidency affects the entire world. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's it's an excellent point that you made, and it kind of piggybacks right off of uh, what General Flynn was saying and what we've been kind of commenting on the entire show right now. Um, Donald Trump weighed in over the weekend. Not a lot of people have heard about it. He appeared on Sebastian Gorka's program, I believe, on Sunday, and uh, they kind of kept it quiet. Um, and I want to play a little clip from there. He's kind of basically talking about the state of Afghanistan, and then I, I just want it's been a minute. So I wanted to treat our audience to a, a real rigged and stolen because he, he did so happen to drop one. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Perhaps the most concerning of all to the listeners who call in, who text us here at America First on Salem Radio Network, is those who've lost faith, Mr. President, those who say because of the cowardice of so-called Republicans in four key states in the state houses that weren't prepared to do their constitutional duty after January the 6th, um, that they've given up, that they think America first and the MAGA agenda is dead in the water. What do you say to those of the 74 million plus who say they're just going to million. steal it again and we're not going to be part of that? What is your message to those who are disheartened and intimidated? Dated, Mr. President? Well, I think it's a great question and statement at the same time. And I will say this I have never seen such love as we have right now. The election was rigged and stolen. It was a disgraceful election. <laughs> it should have never been allowed to happen. Mitch McConnell should have fought it. And instead of fighting it, he didn't do a thing. And then he just said, uh, 
you know, he made the statement about Biden, and Biden is uh, the, what, what he's doing for this country. Nobody thought that it could be this bad. I was saying I thought it might, but this is more than Bernie Sanders ever dreamt of. He never thought it was possible, the kind of things that they're signing. And now they're going for your guns, and they're going for other things that nobody would have believed even possible. Energy independence. Look at your gas. Look at the, the gas pumps. Look at look, look at what you're paying for gasoline now compared to four months ago. Look at what's happening, and it's going to get much more. It's going to go up many-fold. I mean, it's going to levels that people are going to be shocked at. And you know who the big beneficiary is? The Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Russia. And those are the beneficiaries. Those are the big beneficiaries. And Iran, of course, is going to be a big beneficiary. Look at the, the Iran deal. Iran was ready to make a deal, and now we're now they are laughing at the United States. So I just say that it's uh, it's very sad. I don't think MAGA has ever been stronger than it is now. It's stronger than ever before. I think we're going to do really well in a year and a half. The elections, all of a sudden, it just it's going to happen, and it's going to happen bigger than maybe bigger than ever before. But uh, make America great again, America first. It's all a very similar thing. You know, they want to end. China came in and they said, we don't want the America first uh, policy. So the Biden administration said, oh, we won't have it then. Can you imagine? We won't make America first. Because essentially that's what they're saying and that's what they're doing. They're not making America first. It's about America first. It's about make America great again. And I think it's never been stronger. And the election uh, was a disgrace. It was the election of a third world country. <laughs> you saw it. And I called it with the ballots. I said, with all these ballots, they're sending out millions and millions of ballots. They use COVID in order to rig the election. And people know it. You read that time. I mean, he would go on for several more minutes. I was, I was actually looking to cut that audio up last night, and I couldn't believe how long he talked for in a row without. I mean, I know he does the rallies, but right. you you could see there were several times where like Gorka's sitting there, and he wants to like open his mouth, and he like kind of leads into the yeah. microphone, and then he would just keep like, and look what they did with this, and look what they did with that, and then look at this, and this was a disaster, and this is like, oh, it was, it's like an eight and a half minute clip. I like it. Well, guess what? There's another audit update. 13 Wisconsin GOP County Executive Committees and Frederick Douglass Society now sign on to support full forensic audit. Wow, nice. That, yeah, yes. that's pretty amazing right there. I, I, I saw that um, that you said that's in Wisconsin? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Through I, Gate, Gateway Pundit reported. I saw this morning that the number was nine out of 72 counties, but they said expect the number to jump up very soon because there's a lot more people who are on board but just weren't ready to start uh, actually filing with them. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, nice. They're moving there. And, and Steve Bannon, not Q, has claimed several times because of the election laws that were blatantly violated there that that's the lowest hanging fruit in regard to legally winning a court case there just has to be filed and kind of attacked the right way. So that's kind of where we ended, you know, our stop the steal segment this week with some breaking news from wonder woman. And we got one more segment that we started to clear up last week. Um, and that's the stuff that's going on out here with, uh, Larry elder in California's, um, recall election. Before we get into it, wonder woman, I mean, what do you think about the recall out here? Do you see it happening, number one? And number two, do you feel like um, Larry Elder might be a strong contender? 
So I don't know whether it will be recalled or not. Okay. I think that really depends on people pushing for it. Um, but I don't know if I trust Larry Elder because there was that video clip. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, where yeah. he said that Biden won legi- legitimately. So last I think he cleared la- it up. Yeah, last week on our show, we played in addition to the 10 second clip that circulated online and which was, in my opinion, something to gaslight the additional six and a half minutes of that portion of the interview that went on to address that comment and everything thereafter. Um, it kind of gave a little bit of insight. And then after that weekend, we had the opportunity to talk with Anthony Sabatini and Joe Kent, who I think no one can disagree with. They're both America first candidates. Um, they're both pretty Donald Trump aligned agenda. Um, and they both, after we reached out to them said that, you know what, that whole interview and the context of it, who the audience was, cause it was the Sacramento Bee, but he, they were hosting like Washington post, New York times and, and every other, you know, the LA times and all of the people who just would love to cut up audio and, and, you know, make it look worse than it actually was. They said there was no reason for him to get into rigged and stolen elections this early in his campaign and also this close to the recall vote because it's the 17th of August right now. And I believe September 14th. So we're less than a month away before the actual election day for that. Um, also saw endorsements from both Clinton Eastwood and John Voigt. And we are going to have Teddy Daniels on the show this Friday. And we're going to ask him about it as well, because he's also another large anti-establishment, anti-big government, America first veteran guy. Uh, But Larry Elder went on with uh, Newsmax's Grant Stitchfield, who has a local radio show where he operates out of. And it was directly following some of the blowback he got for that interview that we played on last week's show. And they wanted him to specifically clarify what his comments meant and how he really feels with context in an environment that was probably, number one, a little bit safer, and number two... He's probably had a little bit more coaching and may or may not have gotten yelled at by Donald Trump. So let's hear what, how that went down on an interview that took place Monday of this week. About the 2020 election. I know this has been brought up to you. People were asking you, trying to do gotcha questions with you, Larry, about what right. you think about the election. I want to give you a moment to clear things up because the San Francisco gate, SF gate, has an article out that MAGA fans aren't too happy with some comments that you made about the election. Do you want to clarify here so people know from your own mouth what was said and what you think about the 2020 election? Sure, sure. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. I also would recommend that you take a look at an article in Newsweek that came out yesterday written by Paul Bond because he called and asked me the same thing. Do I believe that Joe Biden won the election fair and square? Give me a mulligan on that one, Jen and Grant. No, I don't. Uh, You've got people like Alan Dershowitz, Jonathan Turley, both of whom are left-wing professors, and they said that the Pennsylvania election matters should have been taken up by the United States Supreme Court on the merits. It was not. Uh, And they believe that uh, had it been taken up on the merits, it would have been ruled in favor of Donald Trump's favor. You've got the... uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court voting 4-3 against taking up the challenge on the merits. But the uh, uh, Wisconsin Chief Justice wrote a very strong dissent that it should have been taken up on the merits. You've got the Hunter Biden story that was suppressed by Twitter and by Facebook. Uh, New York Post that wrote the story couldn't even get in their own Twitter account to talk, talk about the Hunter Biden story. And had the media not suppressed that story, uh, there's a study that suggests enough Biden voters would have switched their votes so it would have been clear uh, that Donald Trump won the election. And finally, let me just point out that uh, Steve Karnacki, who's uh, a political analyst with MSNBC, he said that uh, the election was just 30,000 votes in three different states. 
Uh, and that would have clearly been a Donald Trump victory had that switch. And remember what Hillary said. She advised Joe Biden, uh, no matter what, if the election was close, do not concede. Well, this election was very, very close. So it's extremely unfair for people to be jumping up and down about Donald Trump allegedly promoting the big lie when it was Hillary who advised Joe Biden, if the election were close, uh, not to concede. And finally, we know that they use the coronavirus to expand deadlines, uh, to change all sorts of rules and regulations that benefited them. So do I believe that there were all sorts of shenanigans uh, in the election? Absolutely. But Joe Biden is sitting there in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and Donald Trump is in Florida. So let's just move on and try and figure out what we can do to win 2024. Hey, Larry. All right. What do you guys think? There's So not only did he say he wanted a mulligan on did Joe Biden win the 2020 presidential election fair and square, he went full on stop the steal with regurgitating everything from cases in Arizona, or I'm sorry, Pennsylvania that were not heard by the Supreme Court, election laws that were changed in Wisconsin and Michigan, um, and even to things saying about how coronavirus was weaponized, which we all know it was, to kind of circumvent a lot of those crimes that were going on to uh, basically, you know, get us to the situation we're in now. So Wonder Woman, I know you had heard, I'm pretty sure you haven't heard the extended clip of his interview that we played last week. You probably saw the one that was going on, you know, all over social media saying Joe Biden won fair and square stop. And now you kind of hear that, uh, which is a comment from two days later. Apparently I, I was able to look up, you know, it's in Newsweek as well that he's kind of said the exact same things. Um, that basically the election was rigged and stolen and, but we're in the situation we're in right now. So how do we move on from that? Um, how, how do you feel in regards to this? So I think it's better to hear that clip. Mm-hmm. However, I still feel that I'm just going to say it. GOP candidates need to grow a set yeah. and, yeah. and actually say we need to deal with 2020 because let's face it. This isn't even just about president Trump. This nope. is about all the people on the municipal levels and within the states. I mean, you saw in, I think Michigan, like how much corruption there was just in a county. So as much as it's good that he is talking about other things, I still think that nobody has a backbone. And this is the problem that's going on in the GOP, which is why, you know, nobody's taken seriously and the Democrats are able to push things further because they're at least united and they are aggressive. Yep. Um, So I think we need to kind of amp it up and we need to stop being afraid of saying what we think. We pointed out every single time there's an opportunity to, and you just kind of gave us a lead in there. One person who works at the top level of the government, an elected official, has gone on the record saying that the election was rigged and stolen, and it's not Donald Trump. It's Rand Paul, and we'll say it every single time. You know, he, he he's the only one who said that there was a lot of fraudulent stuff that happened in the election and that it needs to be examined. And he's the only one that's gone on record when people have challenged him saying that, Oh, you mean, do you honestly think he's like, well, yes, I think there was a lot of fraud all over the country. And Rand Paul is the only person that has ever consistently said that this is something that, uh, you know, needs to be examined and needs to be examined now before we get to another election, which with every passing show is just a little bit closer. So that's a really good point. Uh, Antoinette, what do you think about, now that you've heard Larry Elder kind of clarify some stuff. I still, I mean, I agree with Wonder Woman. I mean, I think the GOP needs to grow a set of balls. I mean, Larry Elder could have said the truth from the get-go, but he straight up said that yeah, he, was he unpre- believes Joe Biden won fair and square. Yeah, he was I mean, unprepared for that first yeah, interview. Yeah, but still, like, he's had balls, like, his entire career to talk out and speak out, you yeah. know? 
why couldn't he have said the truth from the get-go now he's walking it back because he's realizing oh shit i just pissed off a bunch of people in the maga movement i mean who are you trying to impress the majority or the minority yeah I don't, like I, why are you mincing words i know that he's talked to donald impressed. trump in the last week i couldn't imagine what that phone call must have been like oh no i know larry i'm not happy <laughs> <laughs> No, definitely. I thought the same thing. <laughs> talk about the diamonds. I want my diamonds back. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, definitely good for clarification. And I think, you know, my hope is, is that yeah, he saved his ass. He saved himself a bit. Right. But still, people won't forget that. No. And, and I do hope we get Gavin Newsom out of here. I, I definitely think he's probably, like we said before, not the most America first candidate that we want in california but probably the only person that can get over the finish line just based off numbers oh yeah no he's he's way he's one of the best that you know yeah best that chances we, that we have so you know yeah, it's, it's sure. just one of those things where uh we kind of need to uh you know examine the totality of it and then see where we can go moving forward so uh we'll, we'll just have to you know play it by ear and see hopefully we'll get some some debate stuff going on here not too uh far off in the near future Well, another busy week. Yep. So action-packed weekend in regards to so much stuff that you may or may not heard about. Um, you know, all the stuff in Afghanistan that's going on right now is big. It's huge. It's a component of all this. But just remember, before you get to the end of any great movie, there's always an amazing montage. And what that is is that's a whole bunch of different things going on at the same time in either different parts of the world or different parts of the universe or wherever that all kind of collaborate into what the climax is for the ending. So let's just assume that this is just another component of all that. Um, I would like to thank on behalf of the podcast crew, our guest, Miss Wonder Woman for coming down and spending some time with us today again, both twice for this show and then in their previous appearance. Miss Wonder Woman, why don't you tell our listening audience everywhere that they could find you either on social media or some other stuff you got going on so that they can best uh, find you, follow you and support you. So you can follow me on Instagram at the real Wonder Woman, and instead of O's, it is Q's. Um, and then I am Dawnstar1776 on Twitter. My Telegram is the real Diana Prince, one word. And I recently made the brave decision to come out because I am competing for Miss Utah USA 2021. Awesome. So if you if you'd like to vote for the popular vote, you can go to the link in my bio. And that will be happening in a few days. Yeah, definitely get out there and support her. She's been doing it for so long on her own time and is probably one of the biggest influencers influencers in our community in regards to getting the news out there first. And just to be able to go and support her in her other endeavors is something that, uh, you know, us as a community, when, when we decide that it's okay to come out, uh, should be you know, something that we're all comfortable with doing and be extremely supportive of. So thank you for coming down with us. And we really enjoyed spending time with you again. So thank you so much. Yeah. Well, you can find the steak for breakfast podcast on all major podcasting platforms. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google podcast. Subscribe to the shows, rate and review. And don't forget to, don't forget to listen, like follow and share. Um, our Instagram is steak for podcast breakfast. And there you'll find a link tree that has all of our other stuff. Uh, our Telegram, Antoinette's Telegram, our Twitter, uh, Antoinette's IG, our website where you could stream 
the show without having to download it. We don't necessarily like that, but sometimes it's just easier, especially for people in the Midwest who've been having problems with iTunes lately. So don't forget to uh, go to our Instagram and then check out our link tree. There, there may or may not have been some places of ours that you haven't been yet. I've get hundreds of messages a week in our Instagram where people are like, wow, you know, I, I just used to think it was like memes and shit posts, but you guys actually have a podcast. And I'm like, well, it's kind of weird that our name has podcast in it and you didn't think that we would have one. But um, squared away. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of just the way it is. Uh, show creds for this week. Obviously, Miss Wonder Woman, a lot of the stuff that you posted went into the formation of this show. In addition to the Daily Breb, Cagbro88, Garbaggio of the Garbaggio Instagram account families, Canadians 10, Reverse Mockingbird, Christina Bob of One America News, and Tom Pappert, Editor-in-Chief of the National File. Um, don't forget to check out our sponsors. And remember, everyone who supports this show in regards to sponsorship gives us nothing, monetarily. However, we want you to go and support them so they can help make American-owned and operated businesses great again. Um, Odyssey for in-studio recording gear. They're at odyssey.com. They're also at Facebook and Instagram. Stay Ready Gear and Stay Ready Gear USA. Stay Ready Gear holsters. I just ordered a custom Steak for Breakfast podcast holster. And we'll show it up in the uh, social media as soon as we get it. I'm pretty sure it's going to be amazing. We got coasters, too. Oh, nice. They do a lot of good work there. Dump tray. They're at stayreadygear.com. They're also on uh, Instagram as well. Man rubs, don't mistreat your meat. Extremely critical, especially at this end of the summer portion. Um, They've got rubs, smoking gear. They've got torches and all that stuff that helps makes barbecuing great again. Mm. Yeah, they're at manrubs, manrubs.com, and they're on Instagram as well. Uh, Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. If you're not in the need for a new firearm you may want some cleaning kits he's got cases for everything from handguns to rifles in addition to ammo he's on facebook messenger and at 619-870-6992 and mediocre medic mediocre medic.com and dumpbox dumpbox.us two of our best tactical gear sponsors you want to go out and support them and uh you know really help make uh their small businesses great again we've got a lot of stuff coming up shows in the near future that are just going to be Really good for uh, all the listenership in our community. We're going to have James from We The People Radio as a co-host on Friday. But in addition to that, we're going to have interviews with Pennsylvania Republican congressional candidate Teddy Daniels. If you don't know who Teddy Daniels is, Google him and you'll love his hype video. We're going to throw it up on our Instagram uh, as we move through the week. And then Jorge Ventura. He's been at The Chop in Seattle. He's been at the January 6th insurrection he's also been working along the southwest border as an investigative reporter for the daily caller he'll be joining us as well we'll be dual casting on the 24th with mr cordy williams and his show in addition to having american honey herself ricky lynn on as a co-host hey jordan sarmo is finally better enough to come back following his bout with with covid and he'll be telling us all about that and breaking down the news on the 27th of august um norbin laden's coming back on the 31st Halo michelle the fit patriot on september 7th Mr. Jeremy Bravo on September 10th. And then Hannah Kirkpatrick will be joining us, formerly of Sky News and uh, now of New Earth Media to break down everything with some commentary on the 17th of September, so a month from today. Um, Friends of the Week, Axios 6.0, Kalila 3.1, Wits Up 717, The Real Brenda Memes, Carm Vibes 2, and Baby Cakes 2.0. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just about ready to get out of here. But before we do, we encourage you to do several things in between this show today and our show on Friday. 
do your own research, hold the line, ride it, buy the dip, get the fuck in here, snatch the wigs, let's see what happens, and most importantly, where we go one, we go all. This has been episode 55 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan, and speaking on behalf of Noah and Antoinette and our guest Wonder Woman, thanks for listening. We'll be back on Friday, but until then, take care. Do you miss me? They miss me.